The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lady Cat of the Woodland Realm. The fox is the difference between being wise and being crafty. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into um, chapter uh, Eddard 7 of A Game of Thrones, and in the world of Ice and Fire we are discussing the glorious reign of Robert Baratheon, first of his name, King of the Andals, the Roynar, the First Men, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms, and Protector of the Realm. Mm-hmm. So... Well, at the uh, start of the show, we like to remind people you can leave us a voicemail at uh, 614-547-2350 or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. Correct. Um, Sir Matt, last Friday, we had a mm-hmm. solid Fallout Friday. I really enjoyed that I did episode. too. You know, I actually like the Ravens were solid and I was looking in our, mm-hmm. our inbox. And so if you're mm-hmm. if you're contemplating sending us a Raven, please do so. We were flabbergasted by the Ravens. And uh, this week we've got even more coming up in follow up Friday. And I've been looking mm-hmm. at them and stimulating some. This is a good chapter we've got today. Uh, this is a big chapter. Just yep. a lot. So really excited. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess let's go ahead and dive into Small Council. We got kind of a, this is going to be a big episode, I feel like, because we got a big chapter and uh, just a lot of Small Council stuff, actually. Typically, there's not a lot of Small Council, but there's a lot to get through. Mm -hmm. Yep. So so first of all, um, I just want to talk about, uh, we had some Weirwood Network issues. Yeah, what in the world? Oh, man, it was, it was Seven hells, you know? Yep. It was stressful to say the least. So it appeared that our episode posted to Podbean and iTunes, but some people weren't seeing it on iTunes on the mobile app, but it was on the desktop app. I I don't know. We I Sir Ezra can attest is that I was working round the clock. Yep. <laughs> On this, yes, you were. Um, I was like contacting Podbean and freaking out on them, and uh, <laughs> like this, I got. I don't get me wrong. I I have I uh, like Podbean as a, as a hosting site. They've been really good. Um, it's just I think I I contacted I think two different people, and like one right. guy was like, "Well, it's not it's not our problem," and I was like, oh, no, "Hold well, on, I, I, yeah. I, I believe I believe uh, what you just we're say to me correct in that." So I um, contacted somebody else, and then. They worked us through it, and then we kind of refreshed our feed, right. and that seemed to fix it, but it still took like a day, I think, for everyone else to get it. So, um, first of all, I want to thank all of our listeners um, yeah, yep. for making us aware of it, because some people were using things like Pocket 
podcasts or yeah. stuff. You know, um, a lot of these apps that we never, when you post a podcast, it doesn't it the feed gets pulled to all these different sites that you that we may not have signed up for. Some we have to sign up for, Correct. and um, yep. some people use those as their primary, you know site or whatever and so they were saying hey it wasn't posting here and i'm like first of all i didn't know that existed yeah um, but <laughs> but uh so then i started diving into it and stuff so i just really want to give everyone who who let us know um a huge a huge uh thank you for that um veramir foreskins uh was one of them uh yep. he like contacted he contacted us directly just said hey just so you know and um oh i don't i don't uh, i want to pull her name up in the group because she was the one who had posted it in in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, just give yeah. me a second here. Well, the here uh, to, to find. Her I, I do want to mention while you're looking that up, the uh, the guy at at Podbean has since bent the knee. Okay. Yeah. You know, no one. You don't tell Sir Matt mm-hmm. uh, that it's that it's our fault or their fault or whatever. I mean, you know, yeah. Sarah uh, Sarah Ruth is her name. So I just want to I want to give a a thank you to Sarah Ruth. She posted in the in the group. So I just I specifically want to. Thank both those people um, for just for letting us know and, and keeping us aware. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Lady aware. Sarah. Oh, thank aware. you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. So. OK. So that should be fixed. Um, so ow, a lot to, a lot to cover here. Um, Sir Ezra, the Emmys. Yeah. Were last Sunday. Uh-huh. So we record on Sundays. So we didn't get a talk about them. So Wait. Monday when people listen to the episode, we weren't talking about what happened at the Emmys. Well, and it even got pushed back, didn't it, because of rain or something? Like, it was on Monday, wasn't it? Is well, it, maybe. I don't know. I, th- yeah. I think it did. I think it got uh, pushed to Monday, too. So, <clears throat> But, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah the, uh, I mean, it was, all, it, was, uh, it, was, it was great for Game of Thrones, wasn't it? Yeah, so Game of Thrones um, itself, actually, in the Emmys was kind of pushed back. We talked about this a while ago, is that to qualify, I guess, your show has to air by a certain time, so... Game of Thrones was not eligible for last year's Emmys. Mm-hmm, right. Um, so they had to kind of wait a year. And I don't know if that helped them or hurt them, really, because then it kind of changed, I guess, what they would be stacked up against. But True. Yep. Mm-hmm. But they won a bunch of Emmys. They were nominated for a bunch. I'm just going to go through some of them here. Um, Outstanding Drama Series. Uh, they won that, which is actually their technically their third Emmy in a row. Because um, they missed that one year, but they have won outstanding drama for their past three Emmys in yeah, which when they were eligible. Right. Yep. Eligible. Yeah. Um, outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. There were actually two Game of Thrones actors nominated. <laughs> um, Nikolai Kostier Waldo. I never know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Yep. Uh, that is uh, Jamie Lannister and Peter Dinklage. Tyrion Lannister and Peter Dinklage won, which I think is his second. He has won multiple Emmys for this. Uh, yep. Liana Hede was nam- nominated for Supporting Actress. Um, she didn't uh, She didn't win. Outstanding Directing in a Drama Series. Alan Taylor was nominated. And uh, Jeremy Podeswa for Beyond the Wall and The Dragon and the Wolf. So two episodes were nominated awesome. for Outstanding Outstanding Directing. And then Outstanding Writing, they were nominated uh, as well. And then they actually won a bunch of the Emmys for things like makeup and costume design. Oh, okay. I'm not going to go. O- I'm yeah. not going to go over all of those, but they pretty much cleaned house. 
right. like in in that realm. Really, their only their competition was t- was mostly The Handmaiden's Tale. Stranger Things had some had some nominations as well. Is who was kind of their their rival. Yeah, so. right, right. Yeah, and I was looking at statistics. They are f- so far ahead now for most Emmys by a drama series. Um, I think really the only thing that is beating them in terms of total number of Emmys is like Saturday Night Live, which has just been going on. Yeah, you know, for years, yeah. forever, for yeah. years and years. Um, so if you go by a, I guess a scripted show, if you, I mean, Saturday Night Live is uh, is scripted, right? It's just kind of live, right? Yeah, it's a live show, but so a, a kind of scripted show. Um, they had beaten Frasier, which I think had thirty seven, which was the current record, and this is now. They're at like forty sevens. So they have almost ten more. So, wow. Well, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, that's uh, I don't know. It's it's so good. It's been so good. It's, it's changed the conversation on Monday mornings around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it. Uh, yep. It's just I don't know. Fantastic. They deserve mm-hmm. it. They deserve it. So does Peter they Dinklage, do. by the way. So yeah. So I I can I can only imagine that next season's, you know, when that comes out, is probably going to win a ton of. Emmys. Boy, so. I hope and so. And they went they they other awards and stuff like that. You know, Screenwriters yeah, sure. yeah. Guild. Some of those other not like, I mean, the Emmys is the big one, so, yeah. for television. So, okay, um, moving on. Uh, an interesting, uh, I kind of posted this in the group, an, an, an interesting kind of a quote by Gurr when talking about uh, <laughs> the winds of winter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, he had just kind of he had just kind of he had, he had just kind of said, you know, this is a very complex book. Um, you know, it's this book is reported to be um, nearly fifteen hundred pages, and that his <laughs> his writing uh. is his writing his writing is slow. And he says, um, you know, he he talks about he talk he talk he he had he had talked in this interview about how he's not gonna he's he's trying to stay away from production stuff from the show and just. Just focus on the book. And uh, he had just kind of said, you know, I wish I'd been done four years ago. Yeah. So do we. Uh, (laughs) So do we. But we love him, and I love him for that. I I love him for being honest about that and really, you know, uh, I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot to do. I mean, he wants to uh, finish this strong, and and he has so many of those, as I've said, threads that have, have gone out that he is working on and they need to come back together. He's got to, he's got to weave it all together and it's tough. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, he said that he's actually skipped set visits for this final. He skipped, uh, set visits for the final season in order to, uh, get, uh, his final two books finished. So it is interesting though, that he has been, in some of his recent interviews, he has been saying books, plural. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I just find that interesting, and then and the how he's talking about it. But he he did he did go on to kind of say, um, y- you know, fire and blood is coming and stuff like that. So right, okay. How I mean, so it's just do you do you think we'll get it next year? I do. I really do. I. I I do. I'm 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 I I I feel very strongly in that winter okay. winter will be will be will finally come out. It or it it'll just whether it's published next year or it, he will say it's finished. Yeah. Can I tell you though? My prediction is that it's it's coming out after the show. Actually, I've I've switched. Yeah, I do. I've I've moved it around. I I, I yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that. 
And I just think because the hype that's leading it, like, let that finish. Once that's finished, then cool. Then we can move on to you're done, and then people will turn back to the books. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, So... I don't know. That's my thought. I don't know. We'll see. So <laughs> yeah. So, yep. And we do. We do have. We do have. Um. You know, fire and blood coming and stuff like that. So, uh, speaking of fire and blood, uh, Gur tweeted, and they just the the Brazilian cover for Fire and Blood has been announced. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so every once in a while they, they show these just uh, alternate covers that are coming out in different, uh, in in different. Countries. Books and stuff. Yeah, man. countries. Yeah, man. Yeah. the The Brazilian cover looks freaking awesome. Yeah, I think it looks way cooler than the cover we're actually getting. Yeah, it's really neat. It's got this. Uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll post this in the group, correct, or uh, uh, mm-hmm. on the page. The uh, I guess that is is this egg on the conqueror. You know, I don't know. It's what you say. Kinda, it seems like it seems like a long haired person. I don't. I don't. I thought Aegon had kind of shorter hair, but we. I don't know. You know, so. Well, it could be Vicenda. It would have, it would have it could be Reigns. It would have to be. It would kind of have to be. So I figured that that'd be who they who they would choose. But, um, and then also, what is the is is that a keep behind the dragon, mm-hmm. or is that a because if that's if that's a keep, it looks like Hall. I know that's that may be what it is. Yeah. So, so anyways, yeah. really really awesome cover. Uh, we'll have to post that so you guys can take a look at it because uh, quite impressive. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Just yeah, I, I I love it. I love seeing the alternate work um, for different countries and and things because you know different things sell better if you do it that way. So. Yeah, yep. So all right here. Well, uh, let's dive into mm-hmm. the glorious rain over in a world of ice and fire. Yeah, head over to the uh, Maester study here. I think this is only about. Uh, Sir Matt said it's about a page, uh, so he is going to. As you always going to read it. Yeah, start off, read, read a little bit of it. Um, it's not much to it, really. So. Nope. so, since the fall of House Targaryen, the realm has prospered greatly. Robert, the first of his name, took charge of a fractured Westeros and swiftly healed uh, it of its many ills inflicted by the Mad King and his son. As his first act, the, the unwed king took to wife the most beautiful woman in the realm, Cersei of House Lannister thereby granting to House Lannister all the honors that Ares had denied it. And though all know Lord Tywin might have become hand again, the king in his graciousness gave that office to his old friend and protector, Lord John Aaron, instead. The wise and just Lord Aaron has indeed helped the king shepherd the realm to prosperity since. Uh, But this is not to say that Robert's reign has been completely untroubled. Six years after he was crowned, Balon Greyjoy unlawfully rose against his king, not for any harm done to him or to his uh, people, but merely out of wanton ambition. Mm -hmm. Lord Lord Stannis Baratheon, Robert's middle brother, led the royal fleet against Lord Greyjoy, while uh, King Robert himself rode at the head of a mighty host. Great feats of arms were performed by King Robert when Pike was eventually taken and subdued. The king then made Balon Greyjoy the pretender to the crown of the Iron Islands, uh, bend the knee to the Iron Throne, and as assurance of his fealty, only his surviving son was taken hostage. Now the realm is at peace, and all that Robert's ascension to the throne once promised has come to pass. Our noble king has overseen one of the longest summers in many years. 
filled with prosperity and good harvests. Moreover, the king and his beloved queen have given the realm three golden heirs to ensure that House Baratheon will long reign supreme. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, though a false king beyond the wall has recently declared himself, Mance Raider is an oathbreaker, fled from the Night's Watch, and the Night's Watch has always brought swift justice to those who have betrayed it. This king will amount to nothing, as have all the other wildling kings before him. It may not always be so. As the this history has shown, the world has seen many ages, many thousands of years have passed from the Dawn Age to today. Castles have risen and fallen, as have kingdoms. Uh, crofters have been born, grown to work the fields, and died in age of mishap or illness, leaving behind children to do the same. Princes have been born, grown to wear a crown, and died in war or bed or tourney, leaving behind reigns great for, uh, forgettable or uh, reviled. The world has known ice in the long night, and it has known fire in the doom. From the frozen shore of Ashai by the shadow, this world of ice and fire has um, revealed a rich and glorious history. Although there is much yet to be discovered and more fragments of Master uh, Maester Gildane's manuscript are located, or if such uh, uh, incomparable yeah. uh, tr uh, treasures are uncovered, more of our ignorance may be sponged away. Yeah. But one thing can be said with certainty. As the next thousand years unfold and the thousands beyond that, many more will be born and live and die. And the histories. Uh, and history will continue to unfold as strange and complex and compelling as what may, what my humble pen was able to lay before you here. No man can say with certainty what the future may hold, but perhaps in knowing what he has already transpired, we can all do our part to avoid the mistakes of our forebears, to emulate their successes and create a world more harmonious for our children and their children for generations to come. In the name of the glorious King Robert, first of his name, I humbly conclude this history of the Kings of the Seven Kingdoms. Wow. Uh, wow. That is interesting. It's interesting because today's chapter, we actually are going to talk about Robert <coughs> and his reign. Mm -hmm. You know, um, at one point, you know, it, it talks about that there was no really major, and this is the histories, right? So... It's, it's right. the history of Robert's reign up to this point when, um, you know, uh, our series kind of kicks off. And if you look at Robert and you evaluate whether he was a good king or a bad king, uh, Eddard will do that this this chapter. They actually have that discussion. Mm -hmm. Is he a good king? And he's hopeful, you know, and not to skip way ahead, but he's hopeful that since his good friend is here, he can be a better king, you know? Right. And uh, he's so I don't know. I thought this was kind of neat. This kind of really fit in with our chapter today. Um so yeah, so um, I guess uh, what do we uh, so for the upcoming chapters? Now that we've kind of finished the kings, um, we have kind of, it kind of gets broken broken down into the regions, right? So that's probably what we're going to be talking about until Fire and Blood comes out for the Maester study. Yeah, and and honestly, it's not anything to take lightly. There is actually quite a bit once you've had that history with the the, the kings of of Westeros. Um, you know, or the, or since the conquest, it goes back in. Uh, it will actually. So with the North, you, I think, I think from what I've read before, it takes us back even to its first formation. You know, and when when they mm -hmm. were kings. You know, so before Aegon's conquest, 
which is neat yeah. right into his conquest. So yeah, and it talks and it, and it just kind of lays out some of the big important houses, right? Some of the important um, keeps as well, like the castles and keeps, and just uh, it's, it's kind of like. It yeah. kind of just it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of breaks down the world, really, just kind of what we see. And so it's pretty cool, actually. It's you know, we get kind of like what kind of crops are grown there, mm-hmm. what kind of people, what are what are what are issues that have specifically troubled that region? Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- there's some really interesting points in the north. I mean, just as I'm looking at the map, the maps are beautiful. So you have to get the book and kind of look at some of these maps. So they're, they're online, too. Um, but this this one really breaks down th- those major keeps. Um, looking at Deepwood, you know, mm-hmm. um, Sirwin, uh, the Dreadfort, just yeah. I mean, I mean, right here, I'm just 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 to tease something that will be coming up at, at some point. Remember, remember when we when we first started, we were talking about how uh, on the Iron Islands there was the sea stone chair, mm-hmm. and nobody really knows how it got there. Yeah. So just uh, I just have this pulled up here, just a little teaser. Um, were the first men truly first? Many scholars believe they were before their coming. It is thought Westeros has belonged to the giants and the children. Mm-hmm. Um, but according to their faith, the Ironborn are a race apart from the common run of mankind. <laughs> we did not come to these holy lands from godless lands across the sea. We came from beneath those seas. It's right. just, you know, it's just, it's pretty cool. So, so that's the kind of, that's kind of what we'll be talking about going forward. Probably we, we should actually have this finished by about the time fire and blood comes out. So yeah. Yep. I hope so. They're actually uh, pretty, there's quite a bit to them. So the Mason studies are, yeah, have so. been kind of short recently because of uh, we've chunked it up in, in such a way that it matched the chapter and uh, they also were just short. Uh, so when you go back and you look the, the the north, there's quite a bit there. So I think next week we'll have a decent sized maester study um, to kind of pick apart. So yep. looking forward so. to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I think is that it then for the maester study? Pretty straightforward. That is, that is, that is it. Now comes a uh, pretty lengthy chapter. Quite a bit happens here um, as we as we move into the reread here. So um, okay, last week. Uh, for the recap here, we were in Sansa 2. Sansa was uh, at the tourney, which will be kind of continues here. Um, mm-hmm. Sir Gregor Clegane had killed a new made knight named Sir Hugh in a joust. Yeah. And uh, after a victory, uh, Loras Tyrell gave her a rose. After that, she had a little walk with Joffrey, but then kind of ordered the hound to escort her back to her chambers. And uh, Arya, or excuse me. Sansa uh, is then told how the Hound got his scars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, all right, before that, the last time we were talking about Eddard, uh, Eddard was having a small council meeting talking about the upcoming tur- tourney. After that, uh, Jory Cassell had reported to him on some interviews about John Aaron's remaining uh, household, some of the people he had been working with, and uh, Ned had gone to an armorer. And came across a young, young man named oh, yeah. Gen- Gendry. Yep. So that was a good that was a good uh, uh, little discussion we mm-hmm. had there. So he's he's hot onto something. So mm-hmm. so here we go. So Eddard Seven. After viewing the body of Sir Hugh, Ned and Sir Barris and Selmy struggled to convince King Robert not to compete in the melee. The Hound wins the tourney when he saves the life of the Knight of Flowers. Later, Varys visits Ned to reveal that Robert was meant to die in the melee. So, um, 
we normally break this down into thirds we try to but right. this week it's almost going to be a fourths yep just because uh it's, it's such a long chapter so i have the first part as sir hugh um the second part you're too fat for your armor <laughs> the third part the hound and the mountain aka clegane bowl part one and uh finally two kinds of people yeah so <clears throat> so, all right, sir, uh, sir, as we're here, the yep. first part we have uh, Ned and Barris and Selmy are seeing uh, Sir Hugh, who was killed by by killed by the mountain in the in the in the Sansa chapter. Right. Yep. Uh, and uh, Barris and Selmy is kind of explaining to Ned that he had stood vigil for him himself. Yep. And that no one else had been no one else had been um, except the mother from far away from the Vale of Aaron. And uh, we have a uh, Sir Hugh had been a lord had been a, a Lord John Aaron squire for yep. about four years. He was he had, then he had finally been knighted by Robert after John Aaron's death. And Ned kind of wonders if he was killed on purpose by, yeah. by the Lannisters, so he wasn't able to interview him. Right, and, and I'm glad that Ned that we had this point where he thinks that here uh, because right later on, uh, as you said, the the final fourth is in our conversation with Varys. There's a lot about this, and it's right. it started to seem like like uh, like Ned didn't realize this, but he did. He did kind of have suspicions, you know, um, or misgivings, you know. So I'm, I'm glad that we have this in the beginning because that's pretty suspicious, you know. I mean, it just mm-hmm. well, I mean, I, I I take that back. He he was a squire for four years, and he's newly knighted. But what is what's interesting? I don't know if it was Sir Barrison uh, mentioned it or if it was uh, Ned, but his is it his courser. Uh, the the thing that wraps around your neck, the right. uh, was wasn't fastened right. Is that what it was? Yep. By his own squire. So Sir Hugh uh-huh. is like, I almost wonder, and it doesn't say this, but was that uh, was that intentional? You know, because mm-hmm. it's how, possible. It mentions that that the mountain notices it, but I don't know. You know, I mm. I, I, I almost wonder, like, how does the mountain notice that clear across the, you know, the pitch there? You know, right. Like. I have a feeling he was told, and and that and so he made sure that his, you know, uh, lance struck in such a way. I don't really understand armor that well, so so maybe I'm completely wrong. But uh, it does it does talk about how it wasn't fastened correctly, and it just I thought I think right. there's more to it here. There's definitely a lot of people talking about in the scenes, you know, um, telling the mountain to to do, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to do him. Yeah, in, so absolutely, absolutely, and and you get a little bit of Ned here too, where Ned is up immediately upset. Because he didn't want this tourney, and now someone is dead at a tourney that's supposed to honor him. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, it, in in this in this chapter, we also learn about tourney lances and how they're meant to splinter. And no one. I mean, he he's even assuring uh, Sansa that no one's going to die. Don't worry. You know, that's and then mm-hmm. she's like, "That's not true. <laughs> it just happened yesterday." You know, like right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But it is kind of rare. It's not meant <clears throat> to. You know. To happen, but right. accidents happen, right? Accidents right. happen, and that's the theme here with this. And uh, yeah, you know, I do, do I do, do I, I do just like this line. This line here, he's he's talking. Uh, this is Barris and Sami and Ed talking. Hugh was John Aaron's squire for four years. Sami went on. The king knighted him before he rode north in John's memory. The lad wanted it desperately, yet I fear he was not ready. Yeah. Ned had slept badly last night, and he felt tired beyond his years. None of us uh, is. None of us is ever ready, he said, for knighthood, for death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Well, and uh, what's what's neat about this conversation that uh, that Edard is having with Selmy is that these mm-hmm. two, you know, uh, were on opposing sides at one point, and right. the respect that they have for Ber- Sir, Sir Barristan is unreal. And then Varys even later on is going to talk more about him. So uh, pay close attention. This is a really neat chapter for Sir Barristan Selmy. He kind mm-hmm. of uh, shows his wit and his honor. So. Mm-hmm. So now something that's interesting is there is a conversation between Barris and Selmy and Ned that happens later in the books. Right. But they throw it into this moment in the show um, just to speed up time and where they start talking about um, where Ned breaks off like immediately. Right. About like, nope, like he's they start talking about or. Did, was it in the books? Have we already gotten there? Have we passed that yet? Uh, which which part are you getting to? I can't remember. It, it's it's where Barristan and, and Ned are talking, um, and they start talking about fighting in the. Uh, in, in in they start talking about in the fighting war? in the in the in the rebellion. Yeah, and they start to talk about Ned's dad. Oh and, yeah, and then Ned just I breaks think, off. I think that did happen already, didn't it? I think. I think it did happen in the books. Yeah, I, I think I think we are. I think, yeah. And so they, in the show, that they all kind of throw it into this one moment right, right. here. Okay. I think you're right. Yep, yep. Into yep. this scene. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so let's see. Moving on here. Uh, basically, they're going to send his armor home, right? They're going to send his armor back to his mother. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful armor, but, uh, you yeah. know, just, I don't know. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, I think it also strikes Ned that it's it's the veil. You know, it's a close. Mm-hmm. This is somebody from the Vale, and you know John Aaron, and it just kind of sucks all around. You know, so. Mm-hmm. But um, all right, let's see here. The uh, what else we got? Oh, oh, so this is so this is when they this is when they start to walk. Yep. And uh, Barrison tell, tell me tells them the king needs to fight in the melee today. So Barrison said as they were passing Sir Marin's uh, shield, it's uh, and uh, yes, Ned said grimly, uh, and then um, so this is. It, this is when they get ready to go see Robert. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <coughs> the uh, the fe- well. So was that last chapter? That was last chapter when we heard the whole uh, commotion between uh, mm-hmm. Robert and Cersei. You know, and and he mm-hmm. loudly was sort of like proclaiming that she couldn't tell him what to do. He was right. king here, and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, yeah. So that that rumor has has gotten to Sir, Sir Barristan, and maybe he was there, and uh, he's now telling. Uh, Ned, you know about this, and and they're they're on their way to the king to sort of uh, mm-hmm. set him straight. Hopefully, yep. So. Yeah. Um. So they're just there's kind of walking. There is actually some kind of cool stuff here. Where again, we're getting some more um, some more talk about uh, so just kind of world building. Where he's talking about some of the some of the knights they're they're passing, the pavilions they're passing as they're walking, and they kind of talk a little bit about. Uh, this, you know, like, and some of their sigils and stuff like the Silver Eagle of of Seaguard, Bryce yeah. Karen's Field of Nightingales. And so that's kind of cool. There is some more, some more of that kind of stuff as well. Right. Yep. As they pass by, sure. Um, so as they, the King's Pavilion was close by the water, and the morning mist off the river was uh, wreathed in wisp of gray. It was all of golden silk, the largest and grandest structure in the camp. Outside the entrance, Robert's warhammer was displayed beside an immense iron shield blazon with the crown stag of House Baratheon. Um, so mm-hmm. they're approaching here, and inside they hear seven hells <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from our good king, uh, Robert. Uh, so he's swearing, do I have to do it myself? Piss on you both. Pick it up. Don't just stand there gaping, Lancel. Pick it up. 
Uh, and so Lancel, the uh, cousin to Cersei and Jamie, uh, is uh, in, <laughs> in a bit of a pickle here. Let me, let me turn the page here. Um, mm-hmm. The lad jumped and the king noticed his company. Uh, Look at these oafs, Ned. My wife insisted I take these two to Squire for me, and they're worse than useless. Can't even put a man's armor on him properly. Squires, they say. I say they're swineherds dressed up in silk. (laughs) So, uh, just uh, insulting. They can't get it on because, you know, what's the next segment? It's he's too fat for his armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and again that that I in our in our doc that's where I have a I have that gif we we put pictures in our doc just because yeah it makes it makes it makes it makes fun it for fun. us to <laughs> go on and but it just I'm so I'm I'm looking at that scene right here where Ro- the guy who plays Robert is so great right. uh, at, at Robert where he's got it like tied at the top and he's just like looking down and yeah he can't you know he can't get his armor on <laughs> so yeah uh, and. Right. Uh, and then just but when he tells it, uh Ned, he, he right? tells yeah. La- yeah he tells Lance or when he tells Lancel uh to go get the breastplate stretcher right yeah and it's basically uh <laughs> so it, it, in front of them though Ned uh, is the one who calls him fat just flat out yeah. just calls him you know tells him mm-hmm. how, you know how it is um the boys are not at fault he told the king you are too fat for your armor robert and so this is pretty <coughs> book to show uh this is actually mm-hmm. pretty straightforward pretty yeah you yep. know so um, yeah, fat. Fat is it? Is that how you speak to your king? <laughs> and then he starts laughing. Ah, oh, you know, yeah. oh, damn you, Ned. You, you're you're always right. It's so great. Well, and it is great because it is sort of like, like Ned's not afraid. And I think that's the mm-hmm. great part about this chapter is that like, while he is in this camp and and while this tourney is going on, more and more people are seeing him speak truth to the king. And it's sort mm-hmm. of like what blows me away is that in a, in a world of ice and fire. Uh, Robert is known for his mercy, and he's known for being merciful. You know, he's not mm-hmm. the mad king taking people's heads off uh, nope. for, for, for different things, but people run around scared and don't know how to take him, you know, <coughs> or they don't know how to stand up to him, you know, and it's right. like he's not going to kill you for giving good advice. He's actually going to appreciate it, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that yeah. is what he may get, he's he may get upset. I mean, he you know, he may get upset and scream and yell, right? Right, so why why don't more people speak truth to him and and stuff? I, I think he's almost sometimes daring them to, but they won't. Mm-hmm. And, and, yep, and they in his won't. eyes, they're just cowardly, you know. And so, yep. I, I I have to believe that Varys has you know little birds and spies, um, little birds, uh, whatever you know, uh, you know, ears and eyes here in in this camp, and is noticing these things. He's noticed it on mm-hmm. the on the small council, and he's noticing it right now um, with these two squires. I'm sure they they leave and they're talking. You know, they they mm-hmm. might even be laughing afterwards. You know, about the idea that uh, the king was just called fat. <laughs> Somebody just had the nerve yeah. to call him, you know, what he is straight to his face, um, mm-hmm. which which is something. So then they have a good laugh about you know sending them for the breastplate breastplate uh, uh, spreader uh, stretcher stretcher yeah. yeah. So yeah, but then but then Ned uh, kind of has an in, he starts to have a little internal monologue or internal thought here about uh, you know they're both Lannisters and how yeah. he's he's right. still kind of surrounded by all these Lannisters. They kind of talk about it a little bit about um, you know how John Aaron yeah may have set may have actually set him up to fail without really realizing it. Yeah, they're going to talk about that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, a very ambitious family, Ned thought. Yep. He had nothing against the squires, but it troubled him to see Robert surrounded by the queen's kin, walking and sleeping. The Lannister appetite for offices and honors seemed to know no bounds. Uh, 
the talk is you and the queen had an ang- had angry words last night. And right. This is where uh, Robert kind of starts to talk about it a little bit. Um, and uh, then then this is where we actually kind of move into Robert um, talking quite a bit. And this is, I think, probably the most backstory onto Robert's character and, and kind of his drive, at least for in this book. Yeah. That you really get, I think, is all right here. Right. Um, and so uh, the thing I have highlighted here is this is from Robert. I sit on the damn iron seat when I must. Does that mean I don't have the same hungers of other men? Um, a bit of wine now and, and again, a girl squealing in bed, the feel of a horse between my legs, seven hells, Ned. I want to hit someone. <laughs> and because right. uh, then he, he, we, we go on to talk about it. And, um, y- you know, he, he talks about how because he's king, he, he the most fun he had was when he was winning the Iron Throne. Yes. Not yep. once. Not once he actually was king. Nope. No, and and actually, they're going to talk about that very shortly. They, uh, th- the idea that, um, you know, he kind of almost says to Ned, "You should be here. This this should be your yeah. thing. Why, why am I the one wearing the stupid crown? You know? Yeah, you um, or John Aaron should have been the one to take it. Right. And and Ned just says you had the better claim, which yeah. we've and talked Robert, about. And I, right. And I don't think Robert really did want the throne. No, I don't think I, he did. Robert. Robert just wanted revenge. Right. He really did well. Yeah, I don't think he did. He didn't really care about the rest. Well, he he knew he knew. Well, yeah, you've got the situation with Rhaegar, and then his good friend, you know, Eddard, his his father and brother are killed, you know, and mm-hmm. then the Mad King calls for them to be killed. So really, it's sort of like at that point, this enough's enough, and it's and John Aaron, you know, uh, calls his banners, and it's just like it's it's time for war, um, mm-hmm. and it's crazy that it is John Aaron, right, who calls those banners, and really, I'm sure that. We'll get some more uh, at some point where Robert is is talking about or maybe urging John Aaron to call his banners to help him. And then he's going to sneak back to the Stormlands and gather his forces and stuff. But, boy, can you imagine being, you know, in the veil listening to that conversation? So, Mm. I don't know. You know, and that's and that's that's John Aaron is is that character that, uh, you, you know, there's somebody else who would be great to get a POV chapter from. If we were to get a kind of maybe in the epilogue or something of winds or mm-hmm. um, like, or, or, or dream of spring, I do think we're going to get one. I think we're going to get a POV kind of flashback chapter. Really? Yeah, um, I do. I, I really I mean, I think because I, I think that's really that would be the best way to kind of do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, be interesting. Maybe it's and I think maybe it'd be cool if it was from John Aaron because I mean, John Aaron is a super important player. But he's such an afterthought because he, you know, he's dead when when the show starts. Yeah, uh, or when the book starts, either 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 way. But I mean, such. I mean, why didn't John Aaron try to take the throne? He's the older. He's the older one here. Why? You know, why wasn't he set like taking yeah. it? I don't know. Yeah, I I think um, I think it. The, I think Ned maybe he, it's one line here, but maybe they both agreed that he had the better claim. In, in his, right. uh, you know, um, heritage, Rath- yeah, to right because the Targaryens because because he had he is actually descended from Targaryen blood, right. So hmm. I don't know. Uh, very uh, the way I think we might get some more from John Aaron is is possibly like a letter that he penned that right. that was found or something or so, just something mm-hmm. that was left behind or you know <coughs> um, left to his son. I have no idea, but something that might right. tell a story. You know, um, right. Or maybe we get a brand. Yeah, we could. Right. Yeah, sure, we could get that too, for sure. So, 
Also, um, I wanted to mention that uh, I had mentioned it earlier, but the this all starts, you know, his dialogue starts with him telling, you know, uh, Ned that uh, the woman tried to forbid me to fight mm-hmm. in the melee. And that's going to come up later with Varys when he talks about that's like the thing right there. That right. The fact that she did that, that she forbid him <laughs> to, to, mm-hmm. to do something. Good grief. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Complete yeah, absolutely. manipulation, you know. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, let's let's uh, move on here. So he's, he wants to hit someone, as, as you said, and Barristan Selmy kind of gets it right here in that, uh, Your Grace, uh, it is not seemly that the king should ride in the melee. It would not be a fair contest. Who would dare strike you? And right. he's, what? <laughs> They're all going to strike me. What are you talking about, Sir Barristan? You know, it's sort of his, his thought there, but... Uh, Sir Barristan's right. Yeah. No one's going to hit the king. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right here. The king rose to his feet, his face flushed. Are you telling me those prancing cravens will let me win? You know, for a certainty, Ned said, and Sir Barristan Selmy, you know, agrees. Mm-hmm. And 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 he does. He doesn't get that. He he he. That's he, he thinks that. Yeah, and he would hate that. Mm-hmm. You know, he would utterly hate it to get in there and no one. No one oh, actually absolutely. Fight him. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I have a question for you, Sir Matt. Do you think that Sir Barristan? I think he's just giving good advice here. I, th- I think he uh, doesn't want to see his king go out there. Um, maybe he does know that there's potential for him to get hurt, um, and, and that's why he's he's making oh, this point. But does he I know don't... about the plot, or, or does he know that there oh, might be a? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like I think I don't know. I don't know. I, if from we, I think we would know um, because I feel like Barrison Salmi would have told. Daenerys later when we find out his you know when he's kind of revealed to be Barristan Selmy and he's kind of trying to win Daenerys's counsel um you know because it takes him a long time to kind of win Daenerys's like trust like like to really win it for sure and uh I I feel like he would he would tell her be like well you know there you know maybe some of the plots that were meant to kill even Robert Baratheon so yeah so I feel like maybe he would have Cause, cause right. So and so, I don't. I don't know if he. I don't know if he knows of any plots, but I'm sure he certainly can see. You know, this would be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. It's just good counsel, and and I kind of wondered if if maybe he is looking for things that could be um, dangerous. Right. I mean, in general, he knows that there could be a danger or or, or an accident. Um, but right. his job is to is to seek those is to sort of be on the watch for that type of stuff, and he's the only mm-hmm. one I think who would truly be about his duty trying to do that. You know, so right. Well, and you know, Barris to sell me also um, is 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 probably one of the only people who Robert really of of the men in the Kingsguard. It's really it seems like he's really only the one Robert really kind of has respect for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And and I just because because. You know, like if Jamie told him that, I think Robert would get pissed and actually fight in the tourney. Yeah, you know, uh, you right. know, for sure. That's a good point. Yeah, and so it's interesting because I think it's because it's Ned and Barrison Selmy saying no, like you probably shouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. It, well, he would almost. I mean, it's just weird how, like, like you said, if if Robert heard it coming from Jamie, he would. There's suspicion and everything that he's he's always suspicious of what. Jamie is right. is is up to, um, you know, or what he's going to say. So with Barristan, not necessarily. You know, he's got mm-hmm. such a good reputation that, like, yeah, right. he's telling the truth. All right, fine. He gets pissed at him here in a second, and he yeah. I mean, he, he still tells Barristan to get out. Right. He throws the thing, and he's, he's yeah. He's, get get yeah. He says he says get out before I kill you, which is uh, the biggest joke in the world. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Ned, yeah. Uh, uh, and then, you know, Ned was about to follow, um, but, you know, he, he calls out, not you, Ned. He wants to talk to him. Uh, and right. so. Um, yeah. And then he, then he pretty much orders orders Ned to drink while he while he starts talking. Right. Yep. So. Yeah. And so then um, so here's so he, here's here's where he's talking to Ned. And we, we had been talking about um, where he's talking about how he had more fun winning the crown than he has since he's since he's got it. So mm-hmm. uh, right here, I have this big paragraph kind of highlighted here. Mm-hmm. Drink yep. and stay quiet. The king is talking. I swear to you, I was never so alive as when I was winning the throne or so dead as now that I've won it. And Cersei. I have John Aaron to thank for her. I had no wish to marry after Lyanna was taken from me, but John said the realm needed an heir. Cersei Lannister would be a good match, he told me. She would bind Lord Tywin to me should Viserys Targaryen ever try to win back his father's throne. The king shook his head. I love that old man, I swear it. But now I think he was a bigger fool than Moonboy. <laughs> oh, Cersei is lovely to look at, truly, but cold. The way she guards her cunt, you'd think she had all the gold of Casterly Rock between her legs. Here, give me that beer if you won't drink it. He took the horn, upended it, belched, wiped his mouth. I'm sorry for your girl, Ned, truly. About the wolf, I mean. My son was lying. I'd stake my soul on it. My son, you love your children, don't you? Um, and so yes. this, and so, and so this is interesting too. Then he goes on to say, "Let me tell you a secret, Ned. More than once, I've dreamed of giving up the crown." Take ship for the free cities with my horse and hammer. Spend my time warring and whoring. That's what I was made for. The sellsword king. How the singers would love me. You know what stops me is the thought of Joffrey on the throne. With Cersei standing behind him whispering in his ear. My son, how could I have a son like that, Ned? Uh, and then he kind of goes on to say here. And he just he says, it doesn't trouble me that, trouble me that the boy is wild. He doesn't say yes. He, he says, you don't yep. know him as I do. Yep. And that's really all he says. Yep. So is he, does he, is he kind, I don't know, you know. Well, he knows he's messed up. He knows he's kind of got this right. twisted. Because we had seen, there's something in the in the, in the the wiki, and I can't remember exactly where it is, but is that Robert had beaten Joffrey once for like killing a cat or something mm. and trying to act, and trying to act like it was a big deal. I, that's, I. Oh, really? Huh. Okay. Yeah. We were, it, it, it had come up when we were talking in Fallout Friday about the cat's paw and if Joffrey was the one who hired it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember it, it's somewhere. I think it's like, I think it's like Jamie is remembering about Joffrey and like Robert smacking him across the face or something. Okay. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I think he just, he knows that there's, he's, he's messed up. He's got a violent nature. You know, it's more than just being wild or whatever. You know, there's like, right. no, there's a cold, there's a, like a, a darkness, you know, I guess right. is, is, is what he sees. And I think it's neat that what keeps him on the throne is that idea that like, you know, this is what's, what's, I'm better for the realm than that, you know, right. uh, which is crazy uh, to think about, but that's, that's sort of what he believes. So, right. Yeah. Um, so th- they go on with their conversation. Um, let's see right here. Ah, perhaps you're right. Uh, um, John despaired of me often enough, yet I grew into a good king. Robert looked at Ned and scowled at his silence. You might speak up and agree now, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's worth, that part's that like pretty great. Like, you, I mean, he's expecting him to say, yeah, right, exactly, you know. Uh, right. He says, your grace, Ned, begin carefully. And then Robert doesn't even want to hear it. He cuts him off. And says, uh, "Say that I'm a better king than Ares, and be done with it." And that's true. That is right. that's what Robert 
Robert doesn't think that he's a, that he's the best king. I don't think he thinks he's a great king. He believes, and he said right there that he is uh, he's built and he was made for for warring and whoring, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's mm-hmm. okay with him. Um, yeah. So I almost feel for him sometimes. You know, I, I that this is this burden is pressed on him, and he feels like this duty um, to sit there and and govern. You know, um, yeah. so let's see. He says. Uh, this is when the, this is this is when they start talking about the food fight they had in uh, in the Vale, which is which is great, and it gives you some more insight to Robert as kind of a kid. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, right before yeah, that, they're, they're talking real quickly. Um, they're talking about the attorney. They kind of switch their. Mm-hmm. The, the, they talk about uh, Mace Tyrell's boy, which I thought yeah. was cool. I thought that the the way that they kind of brought him in here, um, they were wondering, you know, who was going to win. And he said, "Have you right. seen him? Have you seen the? Have you seen Mace Tyrell's boy, the Knight of Flowers? They call him. Uh, now there's a son any man would be proud to own to, which I thought is a huge compliment, you know, for, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the Knight of Flowers. Uh, last tourney, he dumped the Kingslayer on his golden rump. You ought to have seen the look on Cersei's fla- face. I laughed till my heart, my, till my sides hurt. Uh, Rinley says he has this sister, a maid of fourteen, lovely." As a dog, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, there, there you get some of the Tyrells, but um, and we get more of the Night of Flowers here in a bit too. So we'll come, yeah, come so back yeah, in. so then and then it, it talks a little bit about uh, it kind of shifts gears here. It's talking about them having breakfast and they just start talking about this food fight they'd have right when they're at the airy. Yeah, uh, they and it had a barrel of oranges, and he says uh, one one of them had gotten rotten, so he flung it across his table and hit Dax uh, right in the nose. Uh, and then they start talking about it, and then it's just going back back and forth. And that's it's just, it's just interesting because that was the boy that he had grown up with. He thought th- this was the Robert Brathian he'd known and loved, right? And uh, this is where this is where you really kind of start to get Ned having this kind of internal thoughts about like if I, Robert would believe me. Because remember before he he was kind of like, how could I bring this to Robert? And I think now he's kind of he's. He's seeing him again as like, you know, this is my friend. I, you know, if I bring, I, I've got to just get a little more evidence. I can bring this to Robert and he'll understand. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's, let's move on. I actually was quickly looking yeah. up, you, you know, this is how, this is how I, I, I uh, analyze Game of Thrones. So the name Dax came up and I was like. I was like, "Who's that? Mm, who's that guy?" <laughs> right, I had to look at. Yeah. Is he someone who would take revenge against Robert for throwing an orange at him when he was younger? Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's how crazy Gurr has us uh, roaming this book. Um, but anyways, so they uh, they they move on. Uh, they they show up at the jousting field, right? Um, and he's there with Sansa. Mm-hmm. Had promised to kind of. Septa Mordain is out, man. She's taking a sick day. She yeah. uh, had definitely passed out the night before. <laughs> we yeah, she's probably she still too much still in that drink. position. Yeah, blacked out. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. So here. So here we go. So then uh, this is now. This is a little more tourney business here. Uh, Sandor Clegane was the first rider to appear. He wore an olive green cloak uh, with his gray armor that uh, and his hound's head helm, and he goes against the Kingslayer, Jamie Lannister. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just kind of right here. So, um, they, they're little finger and Renly are kind of taking bets. Right. And, uh, Renly, Renly takes the hound. He says the hound was, uh, had a hungry look about him this morning. Right. Uh, every hungry dog knows better than to bite the hand that feeds him. Little finger called. And, uh, so as we go here, 
excuse me, Sandor Clegane dropped his visor with an audible clang and took up his position. Sir Jamie tossed a kiss to some woman in the commons, gently lowered his visor, and rode to the end of the list. Both men uh, couched their lances. Uh, Ned Stark would have loved nothing so well as to see both of them lose, but Sansa was watching uh, almost mist-eyed and eager. The hastily uh, erected galley... Uh, gallery trembled as the horses broke into a gallop. The hound leaned forward as he rode his lance rock steady, but Jamie shifted his uh, seat deftly in the instant before impact. Clegane's point was turned harmlessly against the golden shield with the lion's blazon while he hit his own square. Wood shattered and the hound reeled, fighting to keep his seat. Sansa gasped. A ragged cheer went up from the commons. And uh, I wonder how I ought to spend your money, Littlefinger called down on Lord Renly. The Hound just managed to stay in the saddle. Right. Yep. And uh, then they uh, ride again. He makes an adjustment. The Hound, you makes know, an, he, he sees make, that, you know. Yeah, makes makes an adjustment. Both lances explode, and a riderless blood bay was trotting off in search of the grass while Sir Jamie Lannister rolled in the dirt. Yep. So uh, I just uh, quickly want to want to want to say something here. Um, someone had uh, had posted uh, in 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 the group here. Let me just uh, go let ahead. Me just find. Let me let me just find that where uh, where where it was. Who was who was it that said here? Oh yeah, uh, Sir Ge- <laughs> Sir Sir Jared Gebhart, right? Uh oh. Yeah, had Uh-oh. said uh, <laughs> in, in the group. Are we sure the Hound is a badass? <laughs> you nearly lost to Beric Dondarrion. He got his ass kicked by Brienne. That's in the show. Yep. Uh, and he fled uh, the only big battle he was a part of. For the most part, he cuts through crowds of unarmored people and kills drunk Lannister men at Ning. Well, he also seems to uh, beat Jamie Lannister in a joust. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, hey. yeah. Hey, let me just <laughs> let me just warn people. If, uh, if you haven't noticed, Sir Matt really enjoys the Hound. Okay, I he think is. it's I think yeah. it's one of your favorite characters. Yes, he, uh, he is. So. He is. He is if my second favorite. favorite. He's okay. my. He's my. In the show, he's. Yeah, I mean, Jon Snow is my favorite character, but you know, it's kind of like you're either you have like those like three kind of like main characters. In the yeah. show, it's like Jon, Tyrion, Daenerys, and those are like right. the main characters you could argue. Then everyone else is like secondary. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Jon is my favorite character in yeah. both the books and the show. Right. Uh, but the Hound is like of those secondary characters. He's by far my favorite. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, he makes the adjustment. I actually, when I was reading this, kind of mm-hmm. forgot that he uh, that he did unseat uh, Jamie L- J- Jamie Lannister, and uh, the the adjustment that he makes, you know, and uh, you know, it's it's actually a great mm-hmm. little scene because Jamie's like helmet, you know, can't come off, and he's like blind, right? So he's mm-hmm. he's has to be guided off. Uh, to a blacksmith where they can kind of undo his helmet, which is just crazy. Yeah. So, so, uh, so then we get to the match between or the joust between the mountain and the Knight of Flowers, and this is where we get a little backstory on House Clegane. Um, unlike his brother, Sir Gregor did not live at court. He was a solitary man who seldom left his own lands, but for wars and tourneys. He had been with Lord Tywin when King's Landing fell a new-made knight of 17 years. Even then, distinguished by his size and uh, incapable ferocity, some said it had been Gregor who dashed the skull of the infant prince Aegon Targaryen against a wall and whispered that afterwards he had raped the mother, the Dornish prince Elia Martell, uh, putting uh, her to the sword. 
Those things were not said in Gregor's hearing, however. Uh, Ned Stark could not recall ever speaking to the man, though Gregor had ridden with them during Balon Greyjoy's rebellion, one night among thousands. He'd watch him... Uh, uh, he just, he'd watch him. Ned seldom put much stock in gossip, but the things said of Sir Gregor were more than ominous. Uh, he was soon to be married for a third time. The, uh, and one heard dark whisperings about the death of his first two mm-hmm. wives. It is said that his keep was a grim place where servants disappeared unaccountingly. And even dogs were afraid to enter the hall. And there had been a sister who had died young under queen, uh, queer circumstances. And the fire that has disfigured his brother and the hunting accident that had killed their father. Gregor had inherited the keep, the gold, the family estates. His younger brother Sandor had left the same day to take service with the Lannisters as a sworn sword. And it was said that he had never returned, not even to visit. Yep. Boy, you think uh, Ramsey Bolton is, is messed up. This guy is kind of... Uh, oh, absolutely. Not know. on a different level. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot. What well, a lot of it's uh, secret, but not so mm-hmm. secret, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and Sandor kind of, you know, before had mentioned uh, this last. Well, yeah, it was with Sansa, just sort of like that. How dark his his brother is, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Kind of crazy, man. Um, so yeah, we get that backstory there, <sighs> and then uh, the Knight of Flowers made his entrance. And a murmur right, kind of runs to the, the crown. Yep. Yeah. And total so, opposite. Total opposite, right? He's he's uh, you know, beautiful. Uh Sir Loris Tyrell was slender as a reed. Well, yeah, and that's crazy. So they they talk about the size, and I don't know if we mentioned this, but mm-hmm. just the idea is that coming up, uh with, with where they compare him to Hodor, right? Mm-hmm. And how yep. he even kind of uh they say he's closer to eight feet tall. Yeah. The mountain. Uh so I don't know if we mentioned that, but I wanted to kind of I always kind of forget how big he is, you know. Yeah, he's like he's like, he's even bigger than Dunk. That's what I was thinking. Is Sir Dunk in the tall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So okay, the Knight of Flowers is in here, and he is he's slender, you know, uh, dressed in this in the mm-hmm. suit of uh, fabulous silver armor, polished to a blinding sheen. Um, he's he's got all these different flowers woven into, you know, uh, his. Uh, his cape or whatever, you know, he's got his, uh, whatever that's mm-hmm. called. And he's got a bunch of tiny blue forget-me-nots. Um, yeah, the commons realized in the same instant that, um, a- as Ned had, that the blue of the flowers came from sapphires. A gasp went up from a thousand throats. And so, I just, there's a lot of sapphires in... Yeah, where are these sapphires coming a ga- from? A Game of Thrones. If, where are they getting all these sapphires? I don't. Uh, I think there's a sapphire island. There might be an island full of them. Somewhere. Maybe there aren't sapphires at the sapphire island because they're all taken. They took uh, them all. Maybe they did. I know. It's it's crazy. Uh, I just got it's just interesting that there's so many mention of them. So well, and right, we talked about. Remember? Um, oh gosh, it was just last last week. Uh, the oh, what is his name? I'm forget. I'm blanking. The the. Uh, they were right. They had runes. They had those, uh, those, uh, oh, the rune stones, right in their in their mm-hmm. armor. Gosh, right. who who was it? They were from the Vale. I, I can't. I can't right. remember. Connie? Yep. No, not Connington. Good God. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, but uh, more kind of uh, jeweled um, armor going on there. So, uh, and yeah. So, so then we then we get to their tilt. Right, yeah, and Sansa's worried about him, right? She doesn't. She yeah, doesn't Sans, want bad Sans, to happen, yeah, Sansa's so. worrying. Sansa's worrying about him, and uh, you know they're they're riding towards they're riding towards each other, and uh, in the you know pretty much, Loras Tyrell, 
essentially in a blink of his eye pointing his his lance just there and in the blink of the eye the mountain was falling he was so huge that he took down his horse with him in a, in a tangle of steel and flesh right right uh one thing and, that the that the real quick you're right so that that's that's what happens is that he 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 takes him down but i thought it was interesting how um the knight of flowers right before he does that the what does he do? He makes his horse kind of go sideways, right? His his mare, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so Sir Gregor is riding a stallion, and 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 uh, the Knight of Flowers is is riding a mare. Oh, it says exactly what he did. I can't. He salutes the king, um, and then rode to the far end. Let's see. The mountain stallion broke into a hard gallop, and I was somewhere right in there. He did sort of like a fancy little uh, sideways right. prance or whatever, and mm-hmm. it actually, like it says right after that, that kind of that's what stirred up Sir Gregor's horse. You right, know, a little bit. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, is that, is that well, they were in heat, right? And so his his horse, you know, he's realizes it's a female horse, right? And so it kind of messes his horse up, right? But I, th- I think what the what I'm trying to point out here is that Sir Barristan later on says like that's ah, some trickery, and right. I I don't think that Sir Loras knew. I, I think he knew this going in and planned it. Versus, and there's there's evidence of that in the way he parades his horse around. You know oh, for sure. And that, yeah, and oh, no, that, he, de- yeah. he definitely knows. Yeah. Right. So that was because co- so, if you if you were saying, like, well, maybe he just spotted it on while he was out there. No, he he had to, no, uh, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. He, he definitely so. knows. OK, gotcha. But even still, I mean, even still, you would have to have some serious force to be able to knock over the mountain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's no slouch at all. Yeah. And, and he put him right in the right spot there. Well, and really what it is, is that. uh Sir Gregor couldn't get his, uh, his, his, I don't know if he had his, did he have his save his shield? He had his shield up, right? He just, I mean, he, he couldn't get his lance right, right or anything. He was fumbling uh, as, as he mm-hmm. was heading down there. He was trying to control the horse, so, yeah. Right. But uh, So, yeah, so then, so then uh, Gregor is knocked off, and he gets back up, and he pulls out his sword, and he kills his horse with a single blow of such ferocity that it half-severed the animal's neck. Mm-hmm. Cheers turns into shrieks in a heartbeat. The stallion went to its knees, screaming as it died. But then Gregor was striding down the list towards Sir Loris Tyrell, his bloody sword clutched in his fist. Stop him, Ned shouted, but his words were lost in the roar. Everyone else was yelling as well, and Sansa was crying. It all happened so fast. The Knight of Flowers was shouting for his own sword as Sir Gregor knocked the squ- his squire aside and made a grab for the reins of his horse. Yeah, and uh, you know, in a second, the next thing you hear is a rasping voice. Leave him be, and a steel-clad hand wrenched him away from the boy and the mountain. And uh, we get Clegane Bowl Part One, sir. Yeah, we do. Yep. Yeah, and this was uh, he kind of comes out of nowhere, doesn't he? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and the and the and remember the, the hound doesn't have a helmet on, but they're going, they're just going blow for blow. Just they are. Yep. Well, wait a second. The uh, Sir Gregor doesn't have a helmet on, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. because right. they noted that uh, that the Hound didn't take any savage, you know, swipes up at uh, his brother's unprotected head. Yeah, like, you're right. You're right. Yep, yep. Wh- which is crazy, you know. And that just sort of shows like the Hound is still, even though his brother's this, you know, crazy, seemingly evil dude. You know, <laughs> he's still uh, not taking those those swipes. And so, right. uh, well, I think you know when, when we think about the mountain. It, I don't think it's ever really that the mountain is like this amazing swordsman. It's just that his size is such an advantage. Yeah. Yep. Sure. 
Yeah. Well, because like and, and, go right, in the show, right when we see him fight, um, the Viper. Yep. Over and over in Martell. I mean, obviously it's a show, so you can say whatever you want. Um, first of all, it's one of the coolest fights, you know, in in, yeah. the, in the show. It's great. But I mean, but clearly, I mean, the mountain just looks like a guy who's just big. Like he's not really yeah. doing any fancy maneuvering and stuff like that. So right, right. So yeah. the the hound, I would argue, is probably a better swordsman than his brother, and is also big enough to where he can you know take his blows with his sword and not get you know knocked off balance. That's a good point. He's 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 just the right. He's he's big enough, and he can also. Uh, so he's he's quicker. He's a little quicker too because he's not right. as big. He, uh, right, but, and he's probably an actual. He probably is actually a much better swordsman than his brother. Yeah, I would say, and I bet you he's been, you know, training cr- crazy hard, and he wants to prove himself. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so for sure. So. Well, and I mean, think about it because the mountain. I mean, so many people are probably so afraid of the mountain that he literally just cuts through them. Yeah. Whereas the hound actually probably has to fight people. Right. Good point. Yeah. 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 For sure. So. Uh, okay. So yeah. There's this uh, leave him be, you know, steel clad hand uh, reaches out there, you know, and uh, they go back and forth. And basically it was the uh, the king who stops it all. Stop this madness. Mm-hmm. And the name of your king. Yeah, and the name of your king. And the hound goes to one knee and Sir Gregor's blow cut air. And that is one of the coolest fights in the show. Uh, it's just the way that scene looks where literally, I mean, he the, mount, the mountain still swings at the hound like a killing thing. And the hound, like... Goes down to one knee and like that blow goes over his head. Right, they do it exactly. That's exactly how it's done in the show. It's, it's great. exactly how it's done in the show, and it's super cool. Yeah, yep. Um, and then so Santa has it right here. She kind of says, you know, is that is is that it? Does the hound win then? And mm-hmm. uh, she's, you know, uh, Loris Tyrell walks back out. He doesn't have any of his armor on. He got he got knocked off his horse there, and he was dazed, just right. completely. You know, out of it, and actually, isn't it crazy? I mean, people were screaming. Twenty men were running out there, so there's more commotion than maybe what you see in the show. Right. Actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, people are rising to sort of stop the mountain, and so you sort of see some craziness come out there. What would have happened, Sir Matt, if he would have actually killed the Knight of Flowers? Oh, it would exactly yeah, yeah, right. It would have been real bad, <laughs> real bad, real bad. I don't think the mountain would have made it out alive. Quite frankly. No, he probably he he would have been, he would have been put to death, because right here, um, you know they talk about how when he says it, but right before he right before he, the he, the mountain kind of marches off. It says he drops his sword and stares at Robert, surrounded by his Kingsguard, and it's like, and you know, and then uh, he he shoves past Barris and Selmy, and it's like let, I am I can tell you right now, Barris and Selmy could take the mountain. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I tell you don't mess no, there's I mean right. I will go back and forth on, on that if you want to in the group. Anybody who wants to argue that uh that the mountain There's no take, way in his prime that the mountain could take Barris and Selmy. No way, I but mean, even, even I would even argue age, I would even argue right, right now. now. Yeah, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I well, in my mind, what's cool is like, okay, so you know, the the mountain is staring at the king, just glare. It actually says glaring at him, right? And then I just imagine Sir Barristan Selmy stepping in that line of sight and saying, mm-hmm. "Try it, try mm-hmm. it." <laughs> well, Jamie Lannister you know? is also there. I don't know that. I don't know that at this point in time, when when Jamie has you know both of his hands, that yeah. the mountain could take Jamie Lannister. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. You might be right. Yeah. In, in in that hand to hand sword combat, yeah, and I, and he, I mean, he would also have to get past Eddard Stark. That there's just no way. 
Yeah. You just have to, I think the thing with the mountain is that you've got to, when you're fighting him, you, you can't make any smart. mistakes. Yeah, you, you can't make any mistakes. If he gets a hold of you, I think you're done. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not a combat that you're that you're. I mean, right. although Jamie was like clearly you, you saw and for those from the show, uh, he's able to pull out a dagger and kind of make a quick move if he does get in you know close or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I even think some of those things that you'd think would be clo- would be um, a killing um, you know blow to the mountain might not necessarily kill him right away. Kind of like what right. you see with, when he fights the viper, you know. Right, because he's just so big. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Just something else. So, okay. uh, but any, anyway, um, so Loris Tyrell walks back and uh, kind of withdraws from the final thing. So the so the hound wins. Yeah, he gives it to him. He says that he owes him his life. You know? So the hound. So, so the hound. So you're telling me that the hound wins a tournament. He won. He, he did. He won the hands tourney, in which the mountain is is a participant and Loris Tyrell and Jamie Lannister. Yeah, he at least he at least wins. Wow, the, that sounds pretty badass to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. I'm just. <laughs> I know it does. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, yeah, that's funny. I know. No, Sir Jared's I'm gonna just, get. I'm just teasing. He's gonna get after you. you. Know, Sir, yeah. Sir Jared Gephardt's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna get after us. So. <laughs> um, no, I'm just, all right. Uh, um, teasing. But um. So anyway, so so the hound kind of takes his money and leaves. Yeah. Can, can I also mention before we go too much further that uh, the it's I think it's neat that they go to the archery and to the melee. Mm-hmm. I think that's really yeah, neat. That they cool, talk yeah. about. Those and I, I, it's also neat that the guy who wins the archery competition is it uh, Engai? Is his name mm-hmm. Engai? Uh, is a boy, right? And he's a commoner from the Dornish marches. And actually, he kind of refuses a couple positions, and he's just basking in his in his uh, the fact that he won this, uh, you know, um, tourney. Yeah, because doesn't doesn't Eddard give him sort of a position in his the hands guard? Yeah, he wants to. Yeah, in the hands guard. So I, he refuses. So what's his deal? Who's he? Right, and there's actually we're going to see Angai again. Yes, we are. <laughs> do we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Which oh. which is kind of crazy. So okay, just uh, real quick. Um, I know that we do. I I, I just got to look it up real quick. We, we see him later. So in the Game of Thrones, he's there. A Storm of Swords. He is with the Brotherhood without Banners. Um, the uh, a party that captures Arya Stark, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. there, so he's with them and he's now a follower of R'hllor. So he just, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so when Beric, I think it's when Beric Dondarrion, um, goes around to gather some men with him. I think he takes him with him from the, uh, from King's Landing later on. You know what I'm saying? Pretty yeah. sure. After Beric's final death, a part of, a part, a part of the brotherhood, including Angai, who apparently go their separate ways. A, uh, their separate way from those who chose to follow the resurrected, vengeful Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. Yep. So, so he is actually with uh, Edric uh, Dane. Mm-hmm. And that other that other group right now. Yep. And so, let's see. Tom Seven. Uh, Tom Seven Strings. Um. Or yeah. Whatever his name is. Uh. Says uh, that that he could put three shafts through you before you could hope to reach us. And that's when he's talking to Arya Stark there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I knew I just I knew there was a guy who was with them that that uh, had a crazy crazy shot. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. kind of crazy, right? C- kind of cool that, that someone like that uh, kind of sticks around and might might crop up later on with the, with uh, you know the, maybe the new sword of the morning. You know, kind of with him. I don't yeah. know. So, uh, and then 
well, and what's also neat is maybe these, maybe that, this tournament is where you know a lot of friendships and stuff are made because then you've got Thoris of uh, of of Mur, uh, is it wins the melee, uh, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so that's super cool. Yeah, I, I want to read the part about the melee. Uh, the melee went on for three hours. Near, uh, near near forty men took part: free riders and hedge knights, and new made squires in search of a reputation. They fought with blunted weapons in a chaos of mud and blood. Small troops fighting together and then turning on each other as alliances formed and fractured until only one man was left standing. The victor was the red priest Thoros of Mir, a madman who shaved his head and fought with a flaming sword. Mm-hmm. He had won melees before. The fire sword frightened the mounts of the other riders, and nothing frightened Thoros. Uh, the final tally was three broken limbs, a shattered collarbone, a dozen smashed fingers, two horses that had to be put down, and more cuts, sprains, and bruises than anyone cared to count. Ned was desperately pleased that Robert had not taken part. Yeah. But uh, I just, just when it talks about Thoros and Mir, so remember, Thoros also beat Beric in the joust. Uh,. Beat who? Oh wait, yeah, he did. Thor- yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, did. Yeah, he, did. He, he beat. He beat. So how badass is Thoros Amir? Yeah, he's good. He's 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 a madman. Is what they say. He's crazy. Yeah, uh, and he scares the heck out of people with that flaming sword. But uh, uh, yeah, and when they they said that in in, in uh, the Greyjoy Rebellion, you know, he was one of the first mm-hmm. over over the walls, and he was it was leading the charge, you know, in in mm-hmm. some regards. So just this drunken priest, you know. So yeah. Uh, okay, so basically after the, after after that, uh, it's real cool to kind of see all three different uh, facets there of the of the attorney. Uh, we get Ned is walking back. He um, and, and he comes across Arya, right? Mm-hmm. For just a bit, and so he's happy to see her. And uh, she, I'm surprised that she she didn't go to the attorney. That she wouldn't like something like that, you know. But she's really caught up in her dancing lessons. Isn't she? Mm-hmm. She's just fully yeah. invested. Well, yeah, and she and she's talking about all the different things Sirio's making her do. And I had yeah. I just have one really interesting part here. Yeah, Sirio was teaching her to see. Uh, hold on, Ned frowned. The man Sirio Farrell had come with an excellent reputation, and his uh, flamboyant bravosi style was well suited to Arya's slender blade. Yet still, a few days ago, she had been wandering around with a swatch of black silk tied over her eyes. Syria was teaching her to see with her ears and her nose and her skin, she told him. Before that, he had her doing backflips and things like that, and then she talks about they're going to be chasing cats. It's just, these are the kind of lines mm-hmm. for these big these big theories, right? Where you ha- they're hidden inside chapters. Yeah. Yep. That's like So it's like, here this whole chapter is about so many other things, but this one little part about Arya here is where you have to pull it to tie into the, the is Sirio Jack and Hagar. Why would he have her wearing, you know, it's just interesting that she loses her eyesight and he teaches her how to fight. Yeah, it is. It is actually. And he, he's, it, this style of fighting is, is really suited for her. And it's, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, she's with Pharrell, but yeah, that's interesting that she's, Working on balancing and, and using her other senses, you know, her sense of smell and, uh, you know, her her uh, hearing, right? So, mm-hmm. which is all things that she's, it's, you know, it's sort of a, a prep. It's almost, I wish she would have had more time with Sirio, you know? Then she doesn't really need, you know, all that, uh, well, doesn't need, uh, air quote, that, that training later on. Maybe it comes faster, I guess. Maybe it mm-hmm. does come faster to her because of this training. I could be, you know, that that could be a thing as well, so... 
Uh, okay. so I don't know. Yeah. I just found that interesting. Yeah. Just yep. find it. And she's going tomorrow. She's going to go catch a cat. Though mm-hmm. that's what she's going to do tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to catch cats. So and actually, it's crazy that that Ned kind of thinks like, is this guy a joke? Like, what's going on? It's a completely different style. And I almost wonder what Sir Barristan Selmy would think of Cereal Pharrell because mm-hmm. it's a completely different fa- uh, fighting style. And I know that uh, Jorah Mormont talks to some of the Dothraki about the the way in which they fight, you know, and how it's just different, you know, versus that um, wearing, you know, uh, armor, you know, versus, you know, uh, the different types right. of swords. You were talking about this when we first started everything, uh, the way in which that would work. I wonder how... You know, Serio's style would would match up, and we know later on he he's a boss against a, a couple uh, diff- different folks, but against a great swordmaster like Barristan Selmy, because Barristan Selmy is actually offered as someone that uh, Arya could go work with. You know, right? And I think that's that's crazy that he feels like he could. I mean, what what a shift again that Ned is willing to put you know um, Arya and, and trust Sir Barristan Selmy with like training his little daughter. You know. Right, just would have been. A, it's a super cool image for for me to think about. But anyway, mm-hmm. you know, she's having a, a blast there, and so uh, yeah, very interesting. All right, much yeah, later. So, th- so then, so then, yeah, so then, much later, uh, he they kind of go back to kind of goes back to his chambers where he's um, visited by uh, you know. It, well, first he's got the blade out. He's got the dagger out. Yeah, and he's kind of just looking at it and thinking about. He's you know, why would the dwarf want Bran dead? Why would anyone want Bran dead? The dagger. He's th- he's just thinking about all the connecting pieces, and then you know, kind of the next thing you know. Um, well, then he starts thinking about some of Robert's bastards. Sure. Yeah. Which we we talked Gendry, a lot about. Right. And he's trying to put some pieces together, and he's thinking about the little girl he had. Yeah. And um, then the next thing you know, there's a knock on the door. Right. And a visitor comes in. It's a stout man, mud cracked boots, heavy brown robe, um, and he he kind of smells gross. Right. Yep. And uh, he says, who are you? Ned asks a friend. The cowed man said in a strange low voice, we must speak alone. Um, Harwin leaves them and uh, he realizes it's, it's Lord Varus. Yeah. And, Which is uh, crazy. <laughs> he says, I might have passed within a foot of you and never recognized you. And Varus basically says that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of the, the, the intention. Yeah. Um, and so then he 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 says the red keep has it has ways known only to ghosts and spiders. Um, Varys kind of, kind of says, and then at, at, when does he at one point he says, um, you know, there are two kind of people. Uh, yeah, at some point he says there's there's uh, those that are are, are loyal to the um, to the realm and those that right. are loyal to themselves. Loyal to themselves. Yep. Yeah, and and I think that's where he's trying to size up. Um, Ned, and he's trying to see what right. this whole time he's been thinking. What type of person, you know, is Eddard Stark? And he's sort of realized that, uh, you know, that that he is um, one of those men who is um, loyal to the realm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, once it actually comes to kind of confess a few things uh, to him. So right, yeah, and I mean, he um, Varys kind of lets Ned know, or kind of talks Ned into, you know, kind of. Where you kind of, you know where you kind of pose questions so that somebody kind of gets it, yeah. Um, kind of you know kind of kind of like that where he about Robert entering the melee and how you know what you know what probably could have happened. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, so she, she forbade him to fight in front of his brothers, his knights, and half the court. Tell me truly, do you know any sure way to force King Robert into the melee, I ask you? And right there, he gets that sick feeling in his gut. He's like, wow, there it is. That's absolutely. Because yep. he's not built, Ned's not built to think in this reverse psychology type of way. This kind of actually right. irritates him that, that that's what's going on here. No, no one's straightforward. It's just a, you know, it, it, it's not good. So right, yeah, it's just a different way of thinking. It's a different way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and then he goes on, uh, just describes that there's 40 riders. Obviously, there's there's a chance that amidst this chaos, that something could happen. Um, and, and so first of all, to start, Varys is the one who absolutely, as he's sipping on his wine, says that he uh, needs to tell, um, you know, Ned that uh, that Robert is is in danger and that he is mm-hmm. actually, you know. Potentially that they wanted him, that they that they uh, wanted, they'd hoped to kill him during the melee, and you know he, he says uh, Ned says who, and he says if I truly if you need to uh, if I need to tell you that you're a bigger fool than Robert, uh, and I am on the wrong side, so you know he um, wants to kind of uh, help here. I think, I, and I wonder about Varys's motivations because he he wanted to help the the Mad King. Now he wants to help. Robert, um, is he right. someone who is a man for the realm? What's like, like like the good of the realm? How is being on the side of the Mad King good for the realm? But we don't really know all of that, and that's another discussion for another day. But he always says he's he's someone who is a man for the realm. Is this all one great giant big facade? And he's just working to get um, well, or or was he being true? Um, you know, to the Targaryens back in the back in uh, with with the Mad King, and now the facade is on. Now he's pretending to kind of um, order things the right way. I definitely don't think he wants. It, it seems like he's a little uh, bent towards uh, Robert and 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 Ned because of uh, Tywin betraying, you know, uh, Ares, right? Because wasn't it right. what, what, wasn't it Varys who warned him not to open the gates, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyways, I'm just yeah, thinking I'm just yep. thinking that like it like he's he's also suspicious of the Lannisters, right? And he's mm-hmm. also someone who who knows their possible treachery or whatever. You know, even though Robert and Ned like, you know, and Robert's rebellion happened, it's sort of like he can understand that. I think he can see why that happened. But the Lannisters, you know, I just I feel like I can see why he wouldn't trust them or, you know, whatnot. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um okay. So he goes on to describe the melee a little bit there and then um so let's see. After the deed was done, the Slayer would uh, be beside himself with grief. I can almost hear him weeping so sad. Yet no doubt the gracious and compassionate widow would have taken pity. So basically saying, you know, they're setting this assassination up um, right. where, with, during this chaos and that like good King Joffrey would then have had no choice but to pardon him, you know, or the other option is that Sir Ilan Payne could strike off his head, which would be a su- shock and surprise uh, to that person who had agreed, you know, to the mm-hmm. plot. You know, and then mm-hmm. there you're kind of, uh, you know, uh, good to go, I guess. So, anyways, it's just, it, or you're 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 cutting, uh, you're taking care of loose ends, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, he goes on. He says, "I will make another confession. Uh, I was curious to see what you would do. Why? Um, uh, I would curious to see what you would do. Why not come to me? You ask, and I must answer. Why? Because I did not trust you, my lord. Um, you did not trust me." The Red Keep shelters two sorts of people, says what you were asking before, uh, Varys said. Those that are loyal to the realm and those that are loyal to only themselves. And until this morning, I could not say which you would be, so I waited to see. And uh, and now I know for certain. 
uh, I, I begin to comprehend why the queen fears you so much. Oh, yes, I do. And, um, and then he says, you know, you're the one that she ought to kind of fear. And he says, no, I am what I am. The king makes use of me. And this is kind of a neat little conversation about how Varys is, you know, Robert um, doesn't like to use Varys, I guess, very much. It's sort of, it's, it's, right. it, it, he almost sees it as like not manly to use this you know right. it's, it's not a, yeah it's, it's kind of a dishonorable way to do it yeah and it's like but they're but you know i don't know like a lot of these guys get caught in that uh in that way of thinking that they're, they don't they don't see the spider coming because you know they, they don't expect men to act and behave that way it's not honorable and stuff but but wow they they all kind of um need to and as the game sort of unfolds they do have to adjust their thinking and and uh, uh think a little quicker and Tyrion is one of those guys who's kind of uh, a great thinker and sees through some of that stuff too kind of like Varys as well but um right. okay so he reached out uh, to touch him here but you Lord Stark I think no I know he would not kill you not even for his queen and there may lie our salvation and that's what I was saying earlier is that no one is going to you know, he well. First of all, that 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 Robert's not going to kill anybody. Really, he's that's not who he is. It, really, deep down in, right. his na- in his nature, and especially his good friend, he's gonna. I mean, he's he's all words. He's just all hot air. You know, but um, he's definitely not going to kill Eddard Stark, and so he wants him to kind of speak uh, truth to power here. So, um, and uh, Ned says, surely Robert has other loyal friends. He protested his brothers, right? And um, but but really, you know, it, well, he's, and Varys cuts him off. His wife? Question mark. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Which which no, there's there's no uh, no no trusting them. His brothers hate the Lannisters, true enough. But hating the queen and loving the king are not quite the same thing, are they? Sir Barristan loves his honor. Greymaster Pycelle loves his office, and Littlefinger loves Littlefinger. The Kingsguard, a paper shield, and I think that's interesting. He calls it a paper shield. Right. Yeah. You know. Uh, well, they, because you know he he kind of thinks it should be you know him himself. Yeah, well, and it's also the idea that there is no one left in that in in the Kingsguard who's in, who's any good, you know. Um, really, Sir Barristan Selmy's pretty decent, right? But right. Uh, but that's about that's about it. So, um, let's see. Uh, try not to look so shocked, Lord Lord Stark. Jamie Lannister himself is a sworn brother of the White Swords, and we all know what his oath is worth. And that's so unfortunate, you know. Um, I mean, even though like it's really not about his oath, it's more about his relationship with right. with Cersei. He is actually we do know betraying the king, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, is. for sure. He is by by sleeping with his wife. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. even though it's his sister, he's he's betraying him. So there's there's that. Well, I mean, does he swear to not sleep with the king's wife? Ah, uh, maybe not. I don't. I know. mean, <laughs> maybe, you're right. <laughs> maybe you're right. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, he, uh, this is neat. He makes a mention of like when he's talking about the king's guard. Is that uh, there are days when when these men like Ryan, um, uh, uh, Redwine, and Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight wore the white cloak. Uh, but those days have gone to dust and song, and uh, only only uh, of the seven, only uh, Sir Barristan Selmy is made of the true steel, uh, and Selmy is old. Uh, mm-hmm. So so there's that. Sir, Sir Boros and Sir Marin are the queen's creatures to the bone. I have deep suspicions of the others. Uh, no, my lord, when the swords come out in earnest, you will be the only true friend Robert Baratheon will have. 
And this is neat because, you know, Robert wants to rush off and sort of tell uh, the king this, but I think I might have skipped over it, the part where they're talking about the melee, and he's like, if you would have told the king about this plot, what would he have done? You know, right. the, 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 yeah. the king would have said, you know, uh, damn them, and, and, and I'm yeah. going to enter, and, and no one can kill me even if they try. Like, let's see them try. You know, just to spite right. them, he would go out there mm-hmm. and, like, go ahead and try your assassination you know, attempt, and, and he still I mean, he still might have been killed, but he's at least yep. going to be on the lookout for it. So Varys sort of, you know, the reason he doesn't speak up is because, you know, he's trying to, he, he knew that Ned would go uh, directly to the king, because he's that type of friend, but that, that would, Ned doesn't understand how to manipulate his friend. He's, Varys has been there for years watching Robert be manipulated, I think, in one way or the other, um, mm-hmm. and now knows that there's these assassination attempts going on, so... Which, which you think those started fairly recently, correct? You think? Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder why. I wonder if Cersei just kind of waited until Joffrey was old enough. Okay, maybe, maybe that. Or I'm thinking too that John Aaron has really since maybe nothing would have happened, but once he John Aaron started asking these questions, right, right. that she's really nervous, and it's sort of like okay, time for me to just. You know, uh, accelerate the plan here. Get my son on the throne, and right? Because I guess theoretically, Robert would have probably. I mean, Robert still probably would have died young. I mean, you know, like considerably, just given his lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. For well, sure. I, th- I don't know though. Aegon Aeg- was Aegon the the fourth. Uh, yeah, Aegon Aeg- Aegon the fourth right. would be like super old. So maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, theoretically, you'd still probably think. I mean, just given his lifestyle, he's probably he, he can't live to be that old. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, for sure, for sure. So, uh, anyways, you know, Ned wants to kind of uh, tell tell Robert still, and he says, "What proof do we have? You know, we've got my words against theirs, little birds against the Queen and the Kingslayer, against the brother and his council, against the Warden of the East and the West, against all the mighty or all the might of Castle Rock. Pray send for Sir Ilan Payne directly. It will save us all some time. Uh, I know where that road ends. You know, basically that." Uh, and, and Robert is kind of in a pickle. They really need some solid evidence. Otherwise, the Lannisters are going to have sound logic to sort of say, you know, um, you're just here stirring up trouble, I think. You know, and so they're, yeah. the, the, they'll, they'll kind of be on the right there. So you can't come forward, you know, too quickly. you got to have some good proof. Uh, so, but uh, Varys is kind of, you, you know, coaching him along here. And uh, to kind of wrap this up, he says, um, uh, it, it, uh, let's see. What does he say here? Oh, send for him directly. Yet, if uh, if you will say uh, is of what you say is true, they will only uh, bide their time and make another attempt. And and so Vera says, yeah, it's true. Uh, that's going to happen. Um, you are making them most anxious, Lord. You know, uh, Lord Eddard. And that's interesting. That Eddard being there has really possibly uh, caused them to uh, speed up their plans. Maybe. You know, yeah. my my little birds will be listening, and together we will be able to forestall them. You and I. Uh, he rose and pulled up his cow. His face was hidden, was hidden once more. Uh, thank you for the wine. We will speak again when we see you next at the council. Be certain to treat me with your accustomed contempt. You should not. That should not be difficult uh, to do. Uh, he was at the door when Ned called. Uh, Varys, how did John Aaron die? And then Varys says, I wondered when you would get around to that. Uh, and then he says, tell me. And he tells him the tears of lice, I think, lice. Yep. Yep. Of lice. Uh, they call it, and it's a rare, costly thing, clear, sweet as water. And they start to kind of discuss, 
you know, how that was the poison. Uh, and, and, and then um, that I think Vera says that he had he wanted John Aaron to take on sort of a taster and that he wouldn't do that. Because, right. again, one of those things where he is it's that's not a manly thing to do. You know, why mm-hmm. would I do that? When it's like, well, there's treachery going on here. This is, you know, uh, poison is a woman's weapon, as as is said earlier, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, so there's that. But uh, they were asking about who was around Lord Aaron and uh, who was, you know, who, who who could have given him that that poison. And that's when they start to kind of talk about Sir Hugh and yeah. his squire being the only one mm-hmm. who didn't travel back um, with li- with Lady Lysa, right? Back to the Vale, so he right. stays behind, and uh, and all of a sudden gets all of this wealth and gets knighthood and all these different things, and so isn't that interesting? He stands out from some from from everyone else, and uh, Varys is kind of you know uh, telling yeah. him that it's it's Sir Hugh, that's the one who who did it, so right, but then um, there's that, and the, basically he says, but why? Well, all these years, why would they do that now to John Aaron? And he says it was because. He was asking questions, and that's it. He slips out the door, and that's the end of the chapter. He's he's asking questions, and so you know now they're going to be uh, looking for it's either kill the king, uh, get this over mm-hmm. with, and then maybe that will stop you know uh, Edard from looking uh, or asking questions, uh, or they're going to have to switch to taking out this hand. You know what I'm saying? Right. But he's just shown up, and they don't really know him yet, and and they had. They had figured out John Aaron. They knew ways in which they could get to him, which is crazy. I right. almost makes maybe you think mani- maybe manipulate John Aaron. Well, and the yeah. other thing is, is John Aaron was really kind of being manipulated in a bunch of different ways. He didn't know you have like the Cersei camp, and then you have kind of the Littlefinger camp doing his own thing. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right, with right. his wife and you know stuff like that. So, well, it almost seems like to me that everyone in King's Landing sort of has a way. Uh, I almost imagine like a list. Uh, some portfolio where it's like, if I ever need to get to this person, here are the things I can do. And it's just sort of like, wow, they're all sizing each other up at court. And it's just like, wow, that yeah. just it's such a um, crazy thing for these warriors to get involved in, like Robert Baratheon. That's why they suffer so much. It's just like, this is not what I'm meant for. This scheming and this, d- during times of peace, people are plotting and, uh, you know, politics are going on and stuff. That's not what Robert Baratheon is built for. And, and I really start to right. kind of, you know, I wish he were out there warring and whoring, you know? Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's what he loves to do. Do what you want to mm-hmm. do, you know? Yeah. So, so. I don't know. But, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, let's see here. Uh, send a Raven. Yeah. And I actually, so I've lost my internet connection, which is fantastic. So let's, so if you wouldn't mind reading that one, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk us through it. Oh, okay. So, yep. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no worries. Um, Sir Matt and Sir Ezra, this may be an odd question, but do, uh, but have either of you ever cross, uh, come across any mystery surrounding Blood Raven's birth? This week, I've been listening to a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, and it's odd how often Egg refers to Brendan Rivers as being baseborn. Every time Dunk corrects him, saying that Blood Raven is bastardborn, not baseborn. It's a comment that is repeated in each of the three stories. It seems like an odd thing for Egg to say. Egg is smart enough to know the difference between uh, between uh, between that and Dunk is surely bastard would be insulting enough. So it is not likely to be a mistake um, and probably not an insult. So why say it? Any thoughts, Sam the Hammer? Mm hmm. 
Yeah, um, I haven't come across anything that specifically is about Blood Raven's birth being kind of interesting. Sir Ezra, have you? Uh, well, I mean, I think I think uh, perhaps what what uh, is is coming into in, into question there is, and again, I just lost unfortunately my connection. Can, can you look? So he is the uh, 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 Melissa Blackwood, right? Wasn't that? Mm-hmm. Uh, his mother, yes, Bre- Brendan Rivers. Okay, yeah, yeah, Brendan, yeah, Brendan Rivers. Um, let's let me see here. Let's just he's, he's one of Aegon the Unworthies. Um, yeah, and and, Mel- and Melissa Blackwood. Right. Okay. So, I think I guess I guess the maybe uh, was there someone else around her that uh, was I don't know that like that could have given birth to a base born type of bastard you know like mm-hmm. I, I guess or, or or did she lose a child and take someone I, I don't know like I think they're kind of um, what's being said there is that th- this idea that uh, she wasn't of a of uh, that his mother wasn't of uh, a great house right is that sort of I, that's what I'm getting from from the question right. well well um, something that I had I this is uh, remember remember a couple months ago where I was I was taking notes yeah, because I was I was going I was going through it, and um, some things that were said, and, and they weren't necessarily about his, they, they were just about bastards in general. That uh, Egg was saying was that like in the like something about like is that Blood Raven because he was a bastard in the end would betray the realm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that part of it, and so that is interesting. So that goes into the whole you know three eyed Raven business, three eyed Crow business. Um, and so, I mean, that's more of his like kind of death, I guess, than, than, than so his, his birth, but it is interesting just about him being a, a bastard and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of where all, it all kind of leads oh, me. Oh, gotcha. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Keep, I just, I just reread the question. I just, I, uh, he, he's saying, he's saying base born versus bastard born. Right. Sorry. Okay. So he's, so what we're seeing from egg is that he's saying, uh, that he's base born, and then and then uh, and Dunk kind of changes it and is like, no, there's a difference, right? Um, that, that that he's bastard born. Okay, right. I, I wonder if it's just that Dunk is, or I'm sorry, the egg is is a little confused, or I wonder if it's a teaching tool that Gur is using for us. You well, know, to kind um, of show I us. actually, I have to, I I don't think it is. Hold on, let me let me see let me see here again. Um, I mm-hmm. the baseborn and bastardborn thing, it, it may be in in the hedge knight. I'm 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 not remembering it specifically in the hedge knight. I do remember, however, both in right sworn sword Second and and, third. Mis- yep. and mystery knight, and especially the sec especially in um in the in the second one. And actually, um, Sir Ezra, real quick, yep. I'm going to I'm going to pull up my uh, Kindle app here because I have it highlighted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Because so, um, uh, let me, yeah. So let me, let me pull it up take, here. This is why. Take a second and do that because what I'm, what I'm thinking is, um, like, like when you, when you look at, and this is a great question from Sam because, I, just as I did earlier, I'm looking at, you know, you know, every little line. Who is this person? How, how do they show up later in the series? Or why, why this word choice? Why is he doing this? Is he, is he? Um, why is there this argument between Egg and Dunk? Uh, in that series, is it because we're and it's and he does it in both books, I guess. You know, he is does, what yeah. S- Sam is noticing. So after he's already been corrected, why is he still making that air? You know, because mm-hmm. um, if he's baseborn, 
uh, that's more of a sort of like not from a noble house, not from, um, you know, he's, he's more kind of like right. Dunk would be, I guess. Right. Yep. You know, so. Um, yeah, because Baseborn, um, it, you could argue is, I mean, that's just your, you know, you're a nobody. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and he, I mean. I mean, he was. I mean, and still theoretically, actually, he is a legitimate heir because, you know, Aegon acknowledged all of his all of his bastards, and then it's later refuted that all of the non upper, you know, kind of upper class ones, the ones from lords and ladies. So Bloodraven is still theoretically a proper heir. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. He's he's like he'd be kind of like Edric uh, Storm, you know. He's an acknowledged bastard from well, Aegon. Well, Aegon, right? But but technically speaking, Aegon the Fourth, oh, legitimizes um, le- bastards. Legitim- legitimizes Sorry, yeah. all of his bastards, all yep. of them, and then Darren, um, like, unlegitimizes all of the non upper, like you know, highborn ones. Yep, gotcha. Yep. There so theoretically, Blood Raven actually has a claim to the throne. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah right, right, who's you're, who's you're still right. alive? Actually, so he's still right. alive. So. <laughs> well, not in the show anymore. He's he's dead in the show, but in the uh, books, he's still alive. Technically, yeah, speaking, he's still got so. that claim, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he still has a claim. So uh, <laughs> that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you, did you find any any quote or anything in there? In, uh, uh no, no, I, I'm I'm trying to find it. Um, just real quick. That's where, okay. where, where 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 that passage is? Yeah, yeah. It's something we we can kind of uh, look at later. I it, I think, but I am kind of uh, we'll go we'll go take a more of a, a a deeper look at it because it is kind of interesting as to why why is Egg, you know, if, if he knows Melissa Blackwood and he knows that she was one of the those noble ladies there at court even though she was a mistress you know um she still is of noble birth and uh so i can't i don't understand why egg would be saying that you know mm-hmm. unless there is some some mystery surrounding his his uh his birth more than what you know more than we realize because those were pretty open i mean i, I think darren and um uh, Darren's birth and Damon's birth are actually the ones that are a little bit more. Even, Darren's is actually more shrouded in mystery than than in, than any of the other ones. Really, Darren's right. good. Um, when when you think about uh, the bastards, it's pretty straightforward. He's pretty open about his mistresses and their their favor in court. Actually, Melissa Blackwood was well was well liked, and so huh? Actually, she was really well liked, wasn't she? She was really right, well she liked. Was. No, she uh, was. By, yeah. By by, uh, and the Dragon Knight and uh, oh gosh, or what? No, what did I just say? Did I get the who? Gosh dang it! I'm gonna have to look all this up here. Um, what was his uh, egg on the unworthy? His wife, Nerys. What was her name? Something. Oh, Nerys Targaryen. That was the uh, yeah. Am I right in that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But like they super really uh, liked. Um, Melissa Blackwood, you know, so right. so there's that. But sorry, guys, we're trying to kind of um, no, yeah, yeah, we're just we're doing a lot of doing this a lot of this on the flight. This is what happens with Ravens sometimes. Sometimes we have to do it on the flight. So I'm around. So anyway, so I, okay, so I, I'm around that passage, and it, it it's it's in the passage where they're with Eustace Osgray, and Eustace Osgray is telling them about um, 
he, he's talking about why he chose uh, Damon Tur- Damon Blackfire essentially over Darren. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind. Of, this is kind of what starts it, and he's saying why he felt he was the true king, and <clears throat> where that passage comes from is later. So th- this kind of sets it up, and and they're, and and Egg is saying, well, he wasn't a true king, and this is where he taught. You know, Eustace Osgray says, well, if you'd seen him with the sword, and they go on to that, and so that kind of sets up the the argument they have they have later, um, where they talk about they start talking about Bloodraven a little bit, but they also talk about um, bastards. And uh, and and that's where that's where Dunk and Egg uh, kind of get into it a little bit. Okay. All right. So yeah, I'm I'm just I'm 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 lo- I'm looking for it really quick here. I'm trying I'm trying to find it. Um, it may actually be at the beginning of a Sworn Sword. I know it's at the, either the end of Mystery Night or at the beginning of Sworn Sword. I thought I had it highlighted. I guess I didn't. I think I just took notes on it. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, all it says. I mean, it's uh, that that he was a bastard of son, uh, the, the son of King Aegon. The fourth, where this is talking about Brendan Rivers, uh, by his sixth mistress, uh, Melissa Blackwood. He had two older sisters, uh, Maya and uh, and uh, Gwenys, and numerous mm-hmm. half siblings. Um, so there you go. So there's Melissa Blackwood actually had a couple uh, other, right. uh, you know, children. Uh, as his mother was highborn, Brendan was counted amongst the great bastards. Uh, like his bastard siblings, Brendan was legitimized by King Aegon the fourth in uh, 184 AC. Brendan's personal arms are uh, were a white dragon with red eyes, breathing f- uh, red flame uh, on a black field. So he kind of took up his own, uh, you know, there. So uh, there's that. He was a loyalist, you know, to uh, the crown there in King's Landing and uh, fought against the Blackfires, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but don't really so, know there's yeah. much that there's much uh, mystery sort of surrounding. About, yeah, mystery about his. Uh, old, old I mean, Missy, he is, he, Blackwood. Yeah, I mean he's he's an albino, and so you know that's certainly something, and that's kind of and that is that is interesting. In oh, itself. that is interesting. <laughs> okay, Sir Matt, why don't you just go ahead and? Yeah, you're right. That is why. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, just and albinos in general are, you know, are kind of an interesting thing. It's a, it's a certain rarity, um, you know. Albinos happen. It's it's very rare that they actually they actually happen. You know, there is also a rarity in, uh, you know, those direwolves that exist, and there is an albino direwolf. Right. All right. I'm just saying yeah. that's that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, let me see here. So here's something. Um, so again, I was talking that she's that Melissa Blackwood is is very, uh, you know, known to be of kind heart and 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 uh, of of gener- generosity that led her to be befriended by Aegon's sister wife, uh, Nerys, his um, uh, Nerys brother, uh, Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight. As I as I mentioned, it's crazy. You got to pull these names from from. There's so many names, um, and her her son, uh, Prince Darren. So even Prince Darren is very much. Um, a fan of Melissa Blackwood. Now, I wonder, you got to look at the ages of all these different people, you know, because I'm what I'm asking here, I guess, is like they're they're by saying that they're friendly. How friendly were they? Is there, you know, if he's openly in in a relationship with his mistress, Melissa Blackwood, and she's also very friendly with other folks, you know, perhaps some of those children that she had aren't, you know, the kings, if that makes sense. Right. So, right. there, so there's that, you know, if she's if she's hooking up with him, maybe she's also with it. Maybe she's I hate that. I hate that I'm even saying this, but it's it's girls girls world and, and things happen right at King's Landing. And, you know, maybe Nary's in the Dragon Knight were 
you know, having some fun one night. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's something that he's saying there. I, I, I have no idea. Or, you know, he's 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 loyal to um, Prince Darren. You know, why does Brendan Rivers pick to be? It says that, that uh, maybe it's because they did show his, his mother some kindness there at uh, King's Landing, you know? And so uh, Prince Darren, who later becomes King Darren II, the King Darren the Good, you know, maybe that's why he sides with them, perhaps. That might be more into why uh, he decides to be a loyalist. So Yeah. So anyways, okay, all right, I think we've... Uh, I think we're good there. It's a good question. It's got us thinking, and we'll we'll look into it a little bit more. So, but uh, let's get back to um, let's move on here in the dock. Um, we next up we have uh, man the wall. Basically, guys, you know uh, we appreciate all your support there on Patreon.com forward slash bend the knee. Uh, head on over there. We've got uh, uh, different things we're uh, doing. I think next next Sunday we're going to go over uh, the hedge night. Uh, Sir Matt and I are going to kind of add that to our list of things to do uh, so we'll get that done and and, and uh, put that review up we'll go way more way more we'll go in depth with that discussion uh, so if you saw one in our earlier feed back in the days uh, when this podcast had a different name uh, we will be definitely uh, a little more in depth on our patreon review there oh, so for that sure will be, yeah yeah kind of our black council um, for, for this upcoming month and then we will have some different um, I uh, got some uh, shirts, which are sh- shirts are going to be going out again this week. So I had a couple people that hit me up that uh, sent me their sizes, and I need to send those out. So you guys be on the lookout for those. And uh, I think Sir Matt said he's going to update the uh, newsletter for us uh, here soon. So we'll mm-hmm. get some news, kind of update patrons on, on where we're going, uh, what the plan is, and we're looking forward to the next couple months. And it's going to be exciting. So we really do appreciate yeah. your your support. There, you have no idea how much that that helps the show. Oh, absolutely! Um, it is an enormous. It is an enormous help. Yeah, we have a lot of things. Uh, really quick, just kind of. Some things we've been, you know, we, we've kind of mentioned. We have um, uh, the rewatch. We're going to be getting that going soon. We hit a patron goal a while back, and uh, the drinking game was something. So now we're, Cerezer and I are a little bit closer, having that have a little have a little more flushed out about what we want to do. And uh, you know, some people had uh, thrown had the idea that we should do it over Discord or on Twitch or something. That way, uh, people can kind of come in and join us. We yeah. can all kind of find a time since we have all these different time zones. Right. I mean, Sir Ezra and I now have just our own yeah. time zone difference, three-hour difference. Right. And so let alone we have a lot of listeners from Europe that are really active. And, and so yeah. trying to find a day and a time that kind of works for everyone. Right. Yes. And, yeah. We'll and, be a little and, tough, and, but we'll work on it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and get that going. Um, so, so, yeah. So um, just been working on that. And then uh, a Discord server. We, we, we kind of mentioned that. People kind of are interested in that. Something where people can kind of hang out. Um, so Ezra and I have talked about doing a Q&A because we, we, we finally actually kind of, excuse me, got a like Q&A question just about like us. Yeah. And, and feel free to se- yeah, and feel free to send those to us. We always kind of said it, it, maybe if we got enough of those, we would just kind of do a Q&A sure. um, episode just about right. us. You know, whatever, whatever you guys want to know about us. Um, you know, I mean, what's what's, you know. Sir Ezra's social security number and his credit card account. You know, I mean, you know, it's fair game, okay? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll give you guys I mean, that, you, and I'll really become a hedge knight. I'll just have to take off on the on the road, the yeah. open road. And I mean, I you know, I I can give you guys mine and uh, have fun with about the three dollars in my bank account. So you know, right? Like, ha- yeah. yeah, have yeah, have fun, have fun with that. Um, <laughs> so uh, no, so yeah, we we talked about that. So if that's something you guys would be interested in. We'd certainly be be willing to do that. So a lot of other things we have planned coming, special things. We're always oh let's do this, let's do that. So yeah, yep. 
we'll keep you guys updated. If you want updates uh, on some of that stuff, our, definitely our patrons are going to get the first updates as to where we're going. Absolutely. Uh, and yep. stuff. So there's that's just, you know, they support the show. They are patrons mm-hmm. of it. And so we got to uh, we'll, we'll inform them. There are our bannermen and we'll kind of then go from there. Uh, so, yep. All right. Um, oh, r- real quickly before I go, I wanted to mention uh, after follow up Fridays, you know, Sir Ezra does. I I I am. I hate to say this, and I know, I know everyone is is really busy, um, but uh, I I honestly <laughs> do have quite a bit going on. Maybe one day I'll pencil down my schedule if I have time and show everybody just where I'm at. I'm kind of running around all over the place, uh, but I want you guys to know that I do. I am following up on uh, some of that stuff from Follow Up Fridays because mm-hmm. uh, Eric last week really, you know, uh, some of the stuff that he was mentioning with the Sapphire Island. I talked to Matt about it. We were looking right. at its relationship to Summer Hall. Uh, Battle Island. I was doing some more speculation on that, and um, what was the other thing that we were looking? Oh, S- uh, S- Simeon uh, Star Stars. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at, at some of the, some of that. The the connections to sapphires. Uh, just been kind of mind blowing here in this first book. The more I, I think about it, they're they're kind of popping up everywhere, and so uh, I'm starting to to look more into that. And I think going forward, that's something that I'll, I'll kind of try to put a segment in here, maybe where I can follow up on follow-up Friday stuff, if that makes sense. It might even be mm-hmm. a week later, just because of the way that we're recording stuff. But right. um, I often say it in the show, and so I don't want you guys to uh, be like, well, you know, the Sir Ezra's never going to follow up on that. I do I do try to, and, and some things, uh, I, it just takes a lot to go uh, into the books and find those chapters. So when you guys make references, or you guys can kind of uh, reference the chapter in the book for us. Oh, it's huge. Um, it's huge. And even if you can't, that's okay. We'll all right. go track it down because sometimes people just remember, like, I think it was said here or this character. Right. Well, you know, and, somehow and sometimes, here, like, so. like, like we saw today with that, with that one line in this enormous chapter about Arya and the blindfold. Yeah, yeah, yep, right. You know what I mean? It's like, so sometimes, sometimes the chapter is about it and sometimes it's just like this one line buried in, the, in a chapter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. So just know we're going to make a little segment where, where I kind of have a chance to, uh, as they come up, I, I follow up on some of that stuff because I've been really meaning to, to get more um, off on some of those tangents, I guess, you know. Right. Um, they just, it's, it's, it's a crazy amount of work because, uh, I'm, we're sent all over the realm, uh, and, uh, we're going to, we're going to track it down though. I just want you guys to know that. So, yeah. uh, but if you guys can help out by just sending references and page numbers and stuff like that, or, or references to chapters or what have you, I mean, by God, I will track that down and we will have a nice discussion about it and, uh, have that on the podcast. So, yeah. So there's that. Okay. So. Um, another quick thing before we sign up here, uh, I, we always kind of say it briefly, but those reviews on iTunes help out so much. Um, so those are huge. We're, we're planning on, we're actually, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to Sir Matt here. Um, we talked earlier today and then maybe afterwards just about revamping some of our, uh, Patreon stuff, getting some more updates mm-hmm. done, uh, some posts on the, on the Facebook group and different things we, we need to kind of follow up on so yeah just you know keep uh, keep keep in touch keep on that facebook group uh, that's where a lot of conversation is happening and we are really kind of uh reading and observing if there's issues with the show issues things that we need to adjust or reminders my yep. god guys never feel bad about reminding uh, no you know, please so, remind us <laughs> please yeah. do, because we say it sometimes on the show and then it's sort of like okay we had a list before we started the show and then we <laughs> develop a list while we're on the show and then we're like oh god add that to the list and, and sometimes we forget yeah. so so never feel bad about reminding us of those things. So, so yeah. So. All right. Uh, all right. Well, uh, it is time to sign off. We want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 31, Tyrion 4. 
Yeah. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that a Lannister always pays their debts.